Welcome to the Alaska Realtor live stream. My name is Jamin Gurker. I'm a associate real estate broker in the state of Alaska and South Central Alaska. And, you know, my mission is always is to help you build an intentional and significant legacy for yourself and your family by coaching you in real estate. And today, you know, we're very lucky to be joined by, um, uh, by Jonathan and Kendra. And they are actually going to be talking about what it's like living down on the Kenai Peninsula and, um, Kind of giving you guys kind of a boots on the ground perspective about what it's like living there and i'm also going to be joined by nani palmer my uh, my business partner who is going to be um, co-hosting with me today so um, everybody thank you very much for joining us so yeah let's uh let's go ahead and just jump oh real quick um actually just as a housekeeping thing um i've said this a million times before uh, the live streams are are very beneficial gives you guys a chance to, to really talk directly to your subject experts on whatever it is that we're talking about um, so if you do have any questions concerns comments whatever this is the time for you to to go ahead and throw that out there and get your answers directly um, directly from jonathan and kendra as they talk about the kenai peninsula all right so let's go ahead and jump in here. Question number one. So what exactly brought you guys to the Kenai Peninsula originally? Well, we were, I can speak to Kendra too, we were both born and raised here. Um, my family's been here since the 60s and just kind of grew up here and I know her family's been here longer than mine. Yeah, my uh, great grandparents actually homesteaded out in Nikiski, also known as North Kenai. Um, and I have I've lived here my whole life as well, born and raised, and I am now raising my children here because I love it so much. So, um, out of curiosity, since you guys are born and raised. Um, natural Alaskans like what what do you think keeps people coming back to the Kenai area even after like high school or graduation going out to college and all those other things out of curiosity what brings them back to the local area uh I don't know that's a good one I mean it's it's family. yeah family it's a small town vibe here I mean we have like the city of Salada and Kenai and we have like outlying areas like Nikiski where we're both from and sterling Seeloff, like we have the outlying areas but a lot of family and then a lot of work here and there's a lot of industry there's oil field there's medical medical's a big one tourism in the summertime fishing guides there's just there's a lot of industry here so i think that's what kind of keeps people here um i didn't keep up with my high school very well after i graduated i kind of went off <laughs> the mountain but so i don't know where they all wound up but i, I know i'm here and, and kendra's here yeah, I got a lot of friends, um, high school, early college days, um, that ventured out out to the states, and um, some of them still in the states, but it is known for for coming back to the Kenai Peninsula. I mean, small town community, and just like Jonathan said, the small town vibes. Um, it, we're pretty tight knit here as a community. Yeah, I get made fun of for knowing people here. Like, <laughs> we know everybody. <laughs> like, one of my friends is like, I'll talk to someone. He's like, Oh, did you know them? I was like, Yeah. He's like, Where did they go to school? At? I'm like, Well, they went to Kenai or whatever. Like, he just kind of gets on me because I, 
I know a lot of people here and we're like things about them and we're our small town. I mean, we, we know a lot of people. We like it. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. So I guess what is like some of the, some of like those early memories that you guys have of Kenai? Cause it, it's pretty rare to find someone that's, you know, been lived in like the Kenai area their entire life. So I'm, I'm just curious, like how much you guys have seen the area develops, you know, from your earliest memory. Seen it develop a lot. I mean, I didn't know what Starbucks was yeah. when I was a kid and now we have one right up the road. But I will just I will disclaimer that there are much better coffee shops out there. <laughs> All the local mom shops much better. And that's that's what it was, you know. There and it still is. We've still got all of those um, small businesses that are owned by locals. Um, there's a lot of that, not just coffee shops, restaurants. Uh, my kids play hockey. The hockey shops are locally owned, small businesses. And um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've seen our, as far as like growth, we've seen like, I mean, as simple as like our highway infrastructure, like we've seen developments from two lane highways to four lane with a turn, I guess, four lane with a turn lane. So five lane roads, I guess you want to call it. Um, yeah. Just, and what are those things called? Roundabouts? Yeah. Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> joke they're like, like 10 foot wide and you might as well just call it a four-way stop i don't know yeah we just little things like that have kind of developed we've grown up here and um more businesses have come through we have more restaurants here now i mean you also see things that don't make it either i mean people come and go businesses they they try they don't make it a lot of them do though i mean i sold a cafe a couple years ago and they seem to be doing really good and they have wonderful food. Yeah. That's that's awesome. So what uh you know what what type of person usually finds themselves moving to, to Kenai? Mm, all kinds. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, all kinds. Um the biggest is probably I mean We've already kind of touched on um, careers with, you know, the medical field and oil field. Um, but we most of our clients that are coming in from out of state are outdoor enthusiasts. I was going to say the same they thing. love the outdoors. And um, yeah, I mean, being outside, you guys know how it is. You're not far from us and it gets dark and it gets cold and you have to have those activities that you really enjoy. Um, we really are kind of Alaska. Alaska's playground is kind of the nickname Kenai Peninsula has. I mean, we have the Kenai River that's actually, if you can see behind us, right over that gas station, over a hill is the Kenai River. I mean, we're right behind it. Um, awesome okay. fishing. The ocean's right there. We have beaches and then tons of hiking, hunting. I mean, people come here. I, I uh, one of my clients moved here from Mississippi, I think. And, uh, man, we've been talking. We're going to try and go bear hunting next year. I mean, we they just people come here. They just love the outdoors. And it's uh, in the wintertime, you got to really find something you like to do with all the darkness. And if you enjoy being outside, this is the place for you. So I've got a, a quick question. With that, how many – do you guys have a grasp or an idea of how many people are – um, maybe seasonal um, 
peninsula livers or is it, you know, would you say the majority of the people there live there year round um, or are there a lot, of, a lot of people that just come seasonally for hunting, fishing and those types of things? We have a lot of seasonal people here. I don't have a number for that. We have a, we have a lot of seasonal, but I mean, the summertime, I would say that on top of seasonal, like the tourism here, is, it's insane. I mean, it, it, this place turns into just people everywhere. <laughs> but as far as like the seasonal thing, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, just thinking about like our family and friends that we know and clients that we have helped um, with investment properties. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's quite a bit. Um, there's, I mean, you've got a mixture. The fishing industry, I don't know an actual number or percentage, but we've got um, we've got people who have lived here forever and and their families, you know generations after generations and and they're in the fishing industry and they live here year round and then we've got um people who are snowbirds they just come up for the summer this is their business um and then and then they'll typically rent their places out in the winter and we'll see them next summer i will say snowbirds are pretty common here i mean that's snowbird being a, somebody who's here for the summer and leaves for the winter i mean it's definitely that's what I'm gonna do when I get older. <laughs> like, that's I fair. No, now, but when I get a little older, I'm gonna go somewhere warm in the winter. But lots of snowbirds here. It's a pretty common place for it because we do have such a active area in the summertime. I guess I've never really thought about it. Sorry. <laughs> I guess I've never really thought about it, but I mean, really, it is kind of a destination destination location where people specifically move there just for short bursts of the year and to enjoy the outdoors and different things to that effect. So it, I mean, with everything you guys have, that makes a lot of sense that you'd have a lot of seasonal folks for either the summer industry and or sports. Definitely. So what does that do for the, for the housing market there? Like, do you, is there any kind of a shortage if a lot of people are kind of snowbirding seasonal? Like I, I know some places like Seward, it's, it can be pretty tough finding housing. Is that kind of the, the same scene that you have down on, on Kenai, Soldatna area? I don't think it's as big of an issue. Not here. to the extent of Seward. Or um, Palmer for that matter. Because they're quite a bit smaller than our area. Um, I mean, we've had low inventory for a couple of years now, um, but but places are starting to pop up. We find we find our clients places to live. Um, I can say the rentals, as far as rentals go, they get booked up um, pretty quickly. So yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it like a shortage, um, but there's a fine line there for sure. Gotcha. Would, I'd also say more of like your, probably your, your snowbirds are going to be people like in like river communities like river quest no what's uh river quest uh, 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 riverfront area riverwood like some of those like river river communities that have like a uh like riverwood's one of them that kendra's we call her the queen of riverwood she that's her spot nobody messes with that spot <laughs> she <laughs> that's her area man she knows everyone down there and everyone loves her down there but um it has a public boat launch a public 
semi-public so it's public to the neighborhood only on the deed of property and uh it's kind of a private neighborhood it's got a lot of real it's got strict hoas but for a good reason i mean they don't want we, we fight for fishing spots here with the public launches and so it just keeps it like a i mean if you buy a house you live down there the the hoa and the the covenances they they really help you out it's, it's actually kind of a good thing. I know hoas are kind of controversial but and it makes the community down there i mean they're tight-knit you know you're you're not um you, you don't have to fight for a fishing spot you see your neighbor down there catching reds and they're right next to you you're helping them net them and um, you don't get Jim Bob with all 80 of his family members down there just yeah. filling it up. I mean, it's, <laughs> but that, that's the places we see a lot of more, more of a lot of snowbirds. They, they, they like that area cause it's an awesome spot in the summertime. They got the fishing, they got the boat launch, they got the fishing access and then come wintertime. They just, uh, they lock the doors and, and it is a real safe neighborhood. I mean, they don't, they don't board it up and padlock it. I mean, they just kind of lock the door and take off. And the only way you know they're not there is the driveway's not plowed. Or it is because the neighbors, you know, the neighbors that do live down there year round, they kind of watch after each other. Yeah. And it all goes back to our community too. That's kind of how our community is as a whole. Mm. And that's uh, that's a good point that, you know, the types of houses that are going to be lived in seasonally, they're usually people who aren't going to be trying to go buy like a cookie cutter, like two bed, um, I'm sorry, three bed, two bath in the middle of kind of a developed subdivision they're they're probably going for something that's not, you know, what, um, I guess what the common people <laughs> would really want. And you nailed it there. I meant that's exactly right. They're looking for that Alaskan experience. They're not looking for a three, two in the middle Savannah. They're, they want that Alaskan feel wood grain. <laughs> right. Right. So we have a couple of questions here from the comment section. You guys ready? Bring it on. All right. So question number one, coming in from Mr. Boca to Barrow. Really enjoyed Homer, Alaska. Why do people from the lower 48 move to the Kenai versus Homer? Is it mostly seasonal there in the Kenai? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, I guess. Um, Homer's quite a bit smaller. It is. Um, and Homer is, it's a little quieter in the winter time um not a lot of industry in the winter really yeah. i mean there's it's kind of a it's a what do they call it it's a uh a, a drinking town with a fishing problem so, <laughs> so we love it i mean it homer is absolutely beautiful jonathan and i both visit at homer we camp down there multiple times a summer it's you know when we want to get out of town here in kenai soldatna we go to homer um, but it's a lot, it's a lot quieter. There's, yeah. You know, you don't have as many options to go out to eat, um, even shop for groceries. I, you know, yeah, it, it really, options here. I would say it's definitely more of a seasonal town or more of a seasonal living town. I, I don't know that really the demographic there of people like snowbird out of there, but I would say, I would assume most of them do because the amount of people you see in the summertime there versus wintertime, it's definitely a lot less. I mean, wintertime, the spit pretty much shuts down. Um, there, there's almost nothing out there. Land's in probably stays open. That's the hotel at the end of the road. Um, Can I go down for hockey? Yeah, she goes for hockey. <laughs> <laughs> All over the place for hockey. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
other than I mean, other than that, I mean, it's it's definitely a uh, it's a different place to live. It, it has a a Seattle vibe, we'll call it. It's a very different demographic there. Um, it's beautiful though. It's pretty. I mean, I think the drive to Homer's boring. It's about a, almost a two hour drive and it's just kind of like flat. And I've done it a hundred times, but as soon as you cross that hill, the top of Homer and you see that bay, it's just, it makes the entire drive worth it. You can see the whole spit. It's absolutely beautiful. I, I took some drone footage down there this summer when I was camping and got um, some, I want to say it was beluga or seal, probably think it was seal sitting there fishing. It was, it was looking straight down on us. It was really cool. Yeah, so to basically sum it up, I would say um, people from the lower 48 moving to Kenai versus Homer would just be um, the opportunity. I, they're, they're bigger. There's more here. Um, yeah. It, Homer's it, a lot quieter in the wintertime. Probably more of a retirement too, because like I said, there's not a lot of work industry in the wintertime. So if you can retire without needing an income, you're probably okay with Homer for the wintertime. Yeah. Or medical. Yeah. Or medical. And that's, yeah, and that's that's just kind of the yeah, I mean every town is gonna kind of attract its own its own kind of demographic, and that's that's kind of just Homer. Um, but yeah, let me go and read this real quick from Sean Williams about a property near Kenai that's right along the grass runway. If there were similar options in Homer, uh might have uh, would have bought closer to Homer, but we love Kenai so far, so kind of just piggybacking off of that. And let's see here. Oh, got a question here from Karen. So let's go and ask this real quick. How, how's availability of medical services in Kenai? Yeah, we have um, a pretty large hospital actually. Um, they just built onto it. How many years ago would you say the river tower went up? Oh, quite a few years ago, but they just added the cath lab this last year. So they do more heart stuff. We've got oncology, heart, yeah. um, podiatry. Mm -hmm. We've got quite a bit of medical services here locally. Um, quite a few outpatient, just general family practices. Um, my family has never had had a problem with medical need getting medical attention the good thing too i mean is they are a pretty well versatile hospital i mean like they kind of say oncology they got cath lab they got icu they got med surge podiatry they got uh what's the baby uh ob no ob <laughs> ob, OB <laughs> the baby doctors they, jonathan doesn't <laughs> have babies yet no kids <laughs> but uh they, they got everything but the good thing is is uh if you have any major issues, Anchorage is a short flight away. And I just had a friend go to the hospital last week. She had a procedure anyway, more than our hospital can handle. I think it was a seven minute flight to Anchorage. They put her on the, the life flight. They put her on the jet, flew to Anchorage, did her, did the stuff. Now she's home, got home yesterday, doing healthy. But we have the big hospitals in Anchorage and we have the helicopters, airplanes, fixed wings, stuff like that. I mean, they, if it's and they know if it's more than they can handle, they'll just ship you right to Anchorage, or they can even if it's even that bad, they'll just ship you to Seattle. I mean, mm. any small town, I guess, where they they do what they can, but they have the resources to get you somewhere if you need to go. Yeah, but as far as just general medical, we've got quite a quite a few mm -hmm. options. If somebody's needing to seek um, cancer treatments, do they have to go to Anchorage for that, or do you guys have facilities that handle some of those, um, like? regular treatments in that area out of curiosity. 
floor three of the river tower we have oncology my wife used to work in there actually for a couple years with the doctor there she loved her job there um yeah and my grandfather actually just went through all the treatment um right here locally in the river tower at central peninsula hospital mm -hmm. radiation yeah. infusion they've got they, they can do it all here with the, the cancer stuff i i don't know about all the procedures like as far as surgery goes you might have to go out of out of town for the surgery part of it but as far as like you get back for treatment they can do all the treatments and they have some good doctors here for that awesome outstanding so we've got another question here for mr boca tubero so is it still true that the homestead exemption for those over 60 is 350,000 for your home still upon retirement um, do you guys have any insights on the homestead exemption on Kenai? I no, I have not. I haven't heard of that. Um, is he talking about tax exemption? As far, yeah, right. I, what I was going to bring up. Um, the Kenai Peninsula Borough has a tax exemption um, for those over 60. Um, also, they've got a tax exemption. Is it $50,000? $50,000 for primary residence. For your primary residence. So, um, you it's a year your first year you can apply for it and then yeah. it just sticks with your taxes throughout but you get that fifty thousand dollar exemption and then not sure about the homestead exemption but um i have not seen that come up in the, in the last yeah, six, homestead's an old term we've known as it, kids where it is <laughs> came in and they were, if I understand it correctly, and don't quote me on it, but they, they were able to get land from the government, but they had 12 months to develop it is the way I understand it. But but at the over 60, the 350, that might be a tax exemption. I don't know the exact number. It might even be 65. I can't remember, but. Um, it's 350, yeah. Is it? Um, I don't know about the 350, but yeah, the Kenai Peninsula Borough Tax Assessing Department does give that exemption mm -hmm. for those 60 and older. And Boca, that's funny. That's Florida, isn't it? Boca to Barrow, Boca Inlet. <laughs> uh, I like the yep. handle. That's funny. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, um, yeah, if you're coming in from Florida, I mean, they any exemptions they have, they usually call it like homestead exemption, even though not really technically homesteading. So yeah, I, I think that's uh yeah, he's got a little Florida and how they how they name things. <laughs> so I have clients that consider that location um for a retirement plan, um partially due to the the uh, taxes in the area. Uh can you speak to how far one would have to go outside of the proper area to not have taxes or what the taxes look like in your in your local area just so somebody could have an idea of what that looks like. You know the old saying, right? Death and sack taxes, those things you can't avoid. And so <laughs> although yeah. I did just have a client um that I had been working with for many years and she bought um somewhere up by you, Nani, and she had told me that there was no taxes. Really? And I have never that I have never heard that. There's tax you have a uh, she has a cat middle of nowhere and i pay taxes on my cabin and there's, there's no file certain no fire service medical service no road service no schools there's no reason to have property tax but there's still taxes 
I, I don't know. Yeah, all the way from Kenai to Homer, everywhere along the way, there's no places that are tax free per se. Okay, because people ask me, like, I don't know about that. I will say, when I get calls from people from out of state and they're like, hey, what's the property tax on this? They'll say three fifty, four thousand dollars I tell them, and they're like, that's it? Yeah. Like, is there another zero on is there that? A, is there a catch? <laughs> I mean, I can look up some quick taxes if I need to, but a couple. What's your taxes here in your house? I think mine's like a thousand bucks. For like a month, a year, yeah. like how, how, year. how long, how much is that? Our mill rate's pretty okay, low. Okay, I kind of hate you, man. <laughs> like, yeah. I am paying like eleven hundred a month right now on like Ooh. one of my properties in Eagle River. So, oh, good yeah, no. well, you know, fourplex and all that, so I kind of get it. But yeah, it's uh, it, they'll get you. <laughs> yeah, taxes are low here. They should be lower in places, but they are still low here. Absolutely. Um, so we do have another question coming in from Karen and uh, are building sites easy to find, you know, around an acre and connected to utilities and water? Definitely. Yep. The utilities and water is going to be the catch. So we have lots of land to build. We got all, all kinds of area to build on. There's, we have more land listings than we do house listings at any point in time. Um, the utilities, Gas and electric, probably how 50, 60% of the land has that nearby, like within reasonable distance to bring in. We don't have a lot of city water, city sewer, unless you're within the actual city of Solana and the city of Kenai, but we have well and septic and gas electric. So, and the places that natural gas isn't available, mm. um, a lot uh, most cases electric is nearby and then most of those homeowners will fuel their their homes with oil and instead of natural gas real common mm -hmm. it's essentially it's just uh it's jet a it's it's number one diesel it's the same thing it's got the sulfur in it so it's the good stuff and um it's super common here I actually personally have <laughs> had oil <laughs> and I got natural gas put in two days ago. <laughs> yeah. It's cheaper. It's definitely winning. <laughs> That's winning. <laughs> yep. A lot cheaper. Um, yeah. Yeah. Abs outstanding. Are there any issues that you guys will run into occasionally with, um, you know, with trying to find a good place to build, you know, any things you need to look out for specifically for Kenai when it relates to the water, the ground not perking, anything like that? Mm, yeah, good point. I mean, there's quite a few people that come up here and they see like this beautiful ocean view property for a good good price. And there's, a, river. there's a catch for that. It means it has erosion. Um, our Cook Inlet, along the whole Cook Inlet, not exactly every spot but most of it has erosion and Some so sort of erosion whether mm. it, whether it be minimal or three to four feet of you know erosion a year sometimes that's huge that could be up your that could be at your back door in a couple of years um or we have uh we have a lot of a lot of water table um and that's what's important about hiring a professional to help you find property here because we see it we have sellers that bought land up here a year ago from out of state and they're like 
I got 10 acres. It was a, such a good price. And they don't realize that there's no road to it. It's all underwater. It's all swamp and it's way, way away from utilities. And so we end up helping them sell it again to somebody who wants recreational land. We call that recreational land here. It's off, awesome place. For off the grid. Off yeah. grid. It's a good place mm -hmm. to build a cabin, hunting, fishing, but it's really important to have a professional in town here like us who's been here a long, long time to help you find that land. Other than that, I mean, like I said, water table erosion, those are our two big ones. Um, lakefront and view is a little harder to find, but we can definitely find it. It's just, you might be waiting a little longer than just finding a plain one acre parcel um, with utilities close and no view. Outstanding. So uh, I've got a question coming in here from Eric. I think he's talking about just how high the water table is. So do you guys have kind of an idea generally? Like, are we talking, um, I know in Barrow, it's like, 10 feet or something like that like it's ridiculously high um we've and got, we've got like it depends on the area the whole peninsula doesn't have like a specific depth um different areas higher and lower spots um some places like seven to ten feet yeah we've had a lot of septic issues this last year we had a really big snow year and we had a lot of rain this year we had Houses that had passed septics less than 90 days ago had a failed septic because it's so much water melt this year. But I've also, there's a place just uh, four miles on the road off Funny River that's 300 and, or it's two, what is it, drill a well. It's almost 300 feet to drill a well there. I mean, it, it really does vary where you are. It's, it's not like a blanket. This is what you're going to get. It super varies. And I guess that's uh, that's kind of just developing land in general. Mm -hmm. It's good to know your area, find a or someone who knows the area. And then we have resources on the borough website to tell us kind of uh, ideas of like soil samples, perk tests, and where we're at. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so we got a couple more questions from the the comment section, and uh, so let's go ahead and. Oh, here with Mr. Oliver Wright is uh, Seldovia, and I am going to butcher this. Um, Nanwalik. Okay, closer to Port Lock and Port Chatham. Seldovia, supposedly at 16 miles. I'm not sure I understand. Seldovia or Nan closer to Port Lock. I'm not, I'm familiar with Seldovia, but I am not familiar with the other places there. Um, out of your area, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seldovia is one of my favorite places to visit in the summer. Yeah. Yeah, I'll leave Kendra um, to this one. She loves that place. I've never been. But you have to either fly your boat in. There's no road to Seldovia from the peninsula. Um, but I am not sure about Nanwalik or Port Lock or Port Chatham. I know I've heard of Nanwall. Like, I know it's yeah. in our area, but I, I, no, I've been over there. Yeah. yeah. Apps. Yep, that's, uh, that's a new one on me. So <laughs> I feel like she was trying to stump us. She was like, it's <laughs> <laughs> like, there you go. You got us. You got us. So yeah. got a question. Got a question here from Boca. How often do people come up there to buy some land and build a small cabin or tiny home? Just wondering how difficult it is to build from scratch. All the time we get that call and 
people want that's one of my most common calls is they they watch alone on history channel and they want to come up here and do the alone thing and <laughs> not as easy as everyone says the, it is or the homesteading the homesteading yeah people want to come up here and build an off-grid cabin well they don't realize that we get a lot of snow we got a lot of cold we got a lot of wind um I've had we've had quite a few clients though that we found them land and they have built you know just a small place whether it be for year-round living or to snowbird just a just a place to come for the summer and then they'll winterize it in the winter or rent it out while they're gone um yeah pretty often a lot of those places like that they're just essentially a crash pad I mean they they build a cabin they have a we have a shed company in town they build like their sterling shed company but they build like tiny houses cabins they're two by four frames so they're not real great for winter time they'll they'll put some insulation some power in there and then that's their fish camp for the summer they'll come here fish get their have a good time and then they'll just basically shut it down and take off in the winter i mean not a lot of small cabin tiny houses full time i mean there's a lot of small cabins here a lot of recreational I mean, Kendra, they have one up there in the Caribou Hills and they go there for holidays and weekends. And it's just a great place for kids and family to go hang out, but no real full time living in small cabins. There's a few places, but not real common. Yeah. So uh, I'd like to just uh, answer Bacoa's question earlier where he had asked about the senior exemption. And um, I did find that it's up to uh, 300,000 in the area um, for senior citizen exemption. And that's at the starting at the age of 65 and a surviving spouse at the age of 60. So um, that's what it is in that area. And that's on the uh, Kenai um, website there for the city. Cool. So, yeah. I had a coworker that was turning 65 at my old job. And I remember he was super excited for us. So I, 65 stuck in my head, but I didn't know. I couldn't yeah. remember what the actual taxable value was. Yeah. 300. Cool. Perfect. All right. So you guys were kind of talking a little bit about the, the snow, the wind, the cold and all that. That does bring us to uh, next question here. What are the winters like? Because I know people hear about uh, winters in Alaska and it's like one size fits all. And, um, you know, Kenai is a lot different from Fairbanks. Fairbanks is different from Kodiak and it's just different all over the place. So what is y'all's flavor of winter like? It's the best time of year here. <laughs> opinion <laughs> uh you know i love summer here as long as it doesn't rain all summer long like it's okay to have some rain but summer here in alaska is super beautiful but it, like this last summer was just all rain i was so ready for snow and i spend almost every weekend in the mountains um a group of four or five of us we go up riding we got some of the chugach mountain range we take our our we ride Polaris, um, snow, machines. snow machines, yeah. Um, a couple of skeety riders. We go up, uh, do all that fun stuff. It's funny though, our our mountains are like 2,500 to 3,500 feet versus like Colorado where you start at 10. So not a lot of boost sleds here. Um, really do get, a, we get a lot of our really good snow starting at about 1,500 feet. It's, it's real strange being so low to have such good snow, but um lots of areas to ride here that's really kind of that's what keeps me sane and happy in alaska in the winter time yeah and i'm i 
in my high school, early college days, I would go and ride in the mountains, but now I'm a mom and have four kids. So <laughs> I don't do that that much anymore, but my family has always, um, we've always enjoyed winter and that's why we have a cabin. We, we go to the cabin, we sled, we snow machine. Um, my family it is a huge hunting family. We trap, um, we go ice fishing, you know, take the kids, hike into the lakes, drill our holes, catch some fish. Um, yeah. And hunting. A lot of hunting. I just got back from Kodiak a couple weeks ago. I went deer hunting down there. It was an absolute blast. We've all got our limits, uh, three DRP. So actually one guy only got two out of his three only because he was trying to get a goat. He really, really wanted to get a goat and he was passed on here to get a goat. He could have had 10 deer, but he passed up on his last one, but a lot of hunting here, spruce head hunting, moose, bear. I mean, it's uh, a lot of outdoors. And I mean, that kind of stuff, the moose and the bear, all that stuff kind of ends with our time. But Kodiak winters the deer season. But um, man, it, it, it's just so pretty, man. Waking up on it's just a uh, something I remember as a kid, like wake up on Christmas and everything's like white and snowy. And we open our gifts, and me and my brother, and we take off out in the snow with our snow gear on, going sledding down the hill by our backyard. It was just, it's amazing. I love it. Then mom calls you in for hot cocoa. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a core memory. It's definitely a core memory. Um, Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. What should somebody like mentally prepare for? Like they're new to Alaska and they've kind of already settled on that location. Like, what, what should they know before their first year in Kenai, Alaska, and maybe be prepared for that maybe your clients come back and they're like, I wish I would have known this, or I didn't realize this. What, what would you share with people for that? Well, uh, I think it goes more than just saying Kenai. I think dark. It's, it really catches people off guard. I mean, the shortest day of the year, it's light at like 10 and dark at 3. I mean, darkness gets to people. I mean, good headlights and closures. Winter tires for your vehicle. <laughs> Stay out of the ditch. <laughs> yeah. And other cars. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just just typical winter weather, you know, roads. Our roads are the borough and the state try their best to keep up on them. But Nani and Jamin, you know, I know you guys just recently went through this with the road situation. And um, what sometimes we get dumped on i mean if they it can't keep up yeah it won't mm-hmm. snow days and then we get dumped on and we've had it to where people couldn't get out of their driveways for a couple days oh man and it's uh again that's comes with the beautiful time of year yeah. <laughs> we all get to stay home and hang out and for the day i mean last year gosh we had more snow than i've seen in my entire life in one storm it was insane i mean I've never been able to not get out of my driveway and me and the wife both drive Ram trucks. She has a rebel with lockers, studded tires, a little bit of a lift. And I came out of the garage full power and didn't get out. I was stuck right there. <laughs> I mean, all the, all the things I needed to get out of the snow and I was there to stay. And, and, uh, but like, again, I mean, we were, we were snowed in for a couple of days, the plows that can only do the best they can, but you know, I mean, we don't get a lot of the ice storms like the states get. We we do have some freezing rain occasionally. We have some freezing fog. But um, I drove truck for 10 years before I was into real estate. And we really do have a pretty good road system here. 
I mean, there, there is like times so you got to really watch what you're doing. But other than that, I mean, it's just kind of learn to not follow so close, break sooner, don't turn super hard, no fast movements. As soon as you figure that out, you're going to do okay. But it, and it's beautiful here. I mean, the cities, I, I don't know if Kina is doing them anymore, but City of Soldatna, you can't see them. But they'll put Christmas lights and stuff on our light poles. And um, we've got a local park here, and it's 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 pretty. Yeah, we've got the they Frozen River Festival that are coming up here pretty soon. Yeah, it's right across the street. They do events there. They do outdoor concerts and movies and um yeah. And they got fun. a winter beer fest coming up here, I think, probably after the new year. Yep. Frozen River Fest. Yeah, they yep. have a huge thing down, like shit, across the street of our Kenan River, uh, what do you call it, the uh, park? Across the street? Yeah. Kenan River Park. Kenan River Park? Yeah. I can't remember. Um, anyway, they had like a, it's a big convention area. They have the Frozen River Festival in the summertime. And a lot market. of. I always call it the Wednesday Market. I don't know why. It's the Wednesday yeah. Market. I call yeah. it the Wednesday Market Park. Cause that's, the Wednesday Market Park. <laughs> lunch over there they have food trucks so we call it the wednesday market <laughs> but um we'll actually get like you know wednesday markets and when there's concerts in the summertime and then in the winter time when we've got like the frozen river fest we get a lot of um a lot of people that come and visit throughout alaska yeah out of curiosity um you mentioned that your kids keep you pretty busy how how do you feel about activities i know um, when I'm even talking about people coming into Anchorage, they're like, oh, there's not enough activities and stuff for kids to do. What is your thoughts of, you know, activities, sports, and those types of things available to families and kids in the area? Um, I would, I would be surprised if you heard that down here. I don't know. They keep me pretty busy. <laughs> there's, there's quite a bit of sports. So I've got four kids. Three of them are in hockey. Um, one of them is in dance. Um, Sports are, I mean, a lot, most of the kids I know are involved in sports, high school sports, um, especially in the wintertime, school's going on. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't say there's a lack of sports um, opportunity for, for kids to be in sports. And not just that, but like our local public library will um, put on events there to bring kids in and, um, just businesses within our community. They, they throw a lot of events. I mean, Jonathan and I are doing a, a movie event too. Um, we keep our, we keep our kids busy with sports and, and all that for sure. That's awesome. I know that's important. Keeping kids busy, <laughs> having lots of activities for them. Yeah. Absolutely. So we do have a question coming in from Boca real quick here. And um, he's just asking, yeah, he's just asking how's the drive in the winter um, to the Kenai in the winter time coming in from Anchorage. You know, they're, uh, they're looking just to do some more visiting in the winter time. So they're just trying to figure out that drive. Um, Jonathan, you're kind of the uh, in-house expert on making that drive from Kenai to Anchorage. So what's the word? You know, I uh, 5.11 is the uh, traffic cam we have here. Um, you can download the 5.11 app and you can see all the traffic cams. They have Turn Against Summit Lake, Turn Lake, uh, Cooper Landing, Gene Lake. They have all the cameras. So I, I, I check those religiously when I drive. I mean, I, you can really see what the roads are doing. Um, just watch the forecast. I mean, going up 
few weeks ago was actually the worst drive I've ever gone through. The road was technically closed, but we had a plan to catch. We were going hunting and uh, we went for it anyways and we made it. It was fine. It was two and a half, three feet of snow on the road. There's one lane plowed. It was a, it was a very intense drive. And I mean, most of the paths were doing like 30 miles an hour, pushing snow the whole way. And uh, other than that, but that, that's rare. I mean, most of the time, it's it's really just uh, drive accordingly for the conditions. It's it, you get slick, it, you get all flavors. I mean, you go turn an arm, you get some rain. You start to climb the pass, and the rain turns to snow. Um, keep your headlights on all the time. Just really be aware of other drivers is my biggest thing. I mean, you got to really watch the other people out there. But other than that, it, it's it's not the worst. I mean, it, it's it's I, I always plan for around three three and a half hours but most time i can do it in less than that two hours and 45 minutes it's about an average drive yeah um and it's it's really it's just winter we call it just winter driving it's just kind of plan for it but really it's it's not that bad it's the the plow trucks really keep up on it outstanding so we do have another question coming in here from uh, coming in here from Oliver, and not sure if you guys are going to know the answer to this one, but when is hiking trails in Hope open for horse riding? Ooh, so in for horse riding in Hope, actually Hope is a really fun place. I camped there. Um, it's a neat little town. I know for horse riding specifically, there is the Resurrection Pass. It goes from Coop Landing to Hope. I believe it's somewhere in the 20s miles. 20 some miles. Um, super cool trail. Lots of state cabins there. We mountain bike up there. Um, I know, gosh, don't quote me. I'm not a big horse person, but I believe horseback riding opens a certain time of the summer, usually later in the summer. I want to say towards July. I was going to say July too. The horses tend to really track up the trail with that softer when the ground gets soft with the rain. So it really kind of chops up the trail for most hikers and bikers. So they tend to limit that away from the springtime, but uh, I know the hiking trails are open all year round for hiking and, and mountain biking. As long as it's, I mean, you can go anytime depending on weather conditions of snow, but um, as far as horseback goes, I know it tends, to, I believe it tends to open later summer. Gotcha. And got another question here from Mr. KT, what jobs would be available for engineering professionals? Um, what does the industry look like there? Really depends on what engineering you're going into. I mean, if like process tech, which is we have a refinery in town that keeps a lot of those guys employed. It's an awesome job to work at. I mean, people there make good money. It's a week and week usually. And not just here, but we've got a lot of people who live here and travel to the north slope of Alaska. Um, and, and those jobs are available available up there. Mm -hmm. The borough as well. Yeah. Engineering. Yeah, it depends on your civil, I mean, civil engineering or like petroleum engineering. I mean, it really depends what kind of engineering you're at, but um, a lot of petroleum engineering here. I mean, we've got a lot of, even our local, like right here in town, we have a lot of gas and oil wells um, within Hillcorp is the owner of those, those wells, the leaseholders. Um, platform jobs and then like Kendra says too like the North Slope um, lots and lots of people here do those rotations it's typically a two and two rotation um, you get two weeks off a year or two weeks off yeah that's pretty rough yeah so two weeks off at a time it's usually pretty good a lot of guys like that rotation I, I personally when I was in the oil field back in the day I, I didn't ever 
want to do that. I kind of wanted to work like a 410 or a five day a week. I was not really interested in being gone a lot, but and a lot of guys like that rotation. They, they get two weeks off and it's, it's great. Yeah. Outstanding. And I think we've got one more question here. Well, a couple more questions. So coming in from Sean, do you know if there is any Barnuminium or shop builders around the Kenai and Soldotna? It seems like most I find on Google are up at Anchorage to Palmer areas. We call them Shouse here. Shop house. Shouse? <laughs> shop house. <laughs> ah, got okay, got it, got, got it. Okay. It sounded very sounded very Swedish or something for a second. I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> There's quite a few of those there. Uh, I, I've talked to a couple builders in town. I was like, look, if you can just build a house with a, a small house with a big shop, you'd sell a hundred of those things here. There's not enough of them, but there is quite a few. I mean, we've got quite a few custom builders that yeah. we're in touch with, but yeah. We just closed on one this week that had a, I don't remember the exact dimension of the shop. It was a four bedroom house, three bathrooms, I believe. Yeah. Three bathrooms. And, uh, two and a half bath maybe but uh it was a big enough shop to park like a big camper and two two to four vehicles and it, it was a big shop i mean it was it was great it was i'd say probably two vehicles in a big workspace or maybe you can even cram four vehicles in a, in a camper in there but quite a few of those they they don't pop up often people really like them here but they do come around and then as far as builders go there are custom builders here that would really build you whatever you had in mind whatever and you want I do think they are getting more traction though. I think a lot of people are really wanting those here. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I'm starting to see more and more of them kind of popping up in the Matsu Valley as well. Anchorage, you know, not not as much, but definitely out in the Matsu Valley, I've, I've seen them start to become more popular. Well, if Sean's a builder, then maybe he should be coming out to the Kenai area and building more of them for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Want to come build shop houses here, barn dominions? I will help you sell every one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, never a shortage of those for sure. <laughs> I think garages should be a requirement here. It really should be. And you know, kind of talking on um, on that thought, this is actually a good time to ask this question. What jobs are available kind of down in the down the Kenai? I think our biggest industry is really the oil and gas industry. I mean that like Kendra touched a minute ago, it's people that travel North Slope, they do the rotations, they got the Cook Inlet with the platforms, we got the west side of the Cook Inlet for the oil fields, gas fields. It's a big area, fishing, fishing guides, medical industry. And then restaurants. restaurants, yeah, I mean, really anything you can think of, you can do it here, but I'd say our biggest ones are oil and gas and, and tourism is a big one too. Mm -hmm. I was kind of curious um, with the uh, transition from a lot of people moving to being able to work online. Have you seen an influx of people who are looking for that recreational lifestyle that the Kenai Peninsula offers and can just work from online? Are you finding there's more online workers than what you guys have historically had um, in the past? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Quite a few. Um, I would say in the last year, most of our clients moving in from out of state. Um, we've had a couple families uh, moving in. Um, troopers, those, that's another job. Yeah, Alaska State Troopers, law enforcement. Um, I've had a couple families there. And then, um, but, but most of them, I would, I don't know, 75, 80% 
-hmm. A lot of them are now workers, you know, since COVID, they're working online. They have that. And uh, guess what their number one priority is? It's internet. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. a And that's yeah. with uh, Starlink. And then we have what's called like fixed wireless. So a couple of our providers offer that, Spitzbots, ACS, GCI. Uh, it's like a satellite dish that talks straight to the cell tower. So it's equivalent to DSL without the hardwiring. And it's becoming, it's making places more available for the internet. And a lot of, I remember quite a few of our clients through COVID, and I don't want to get political on anybody, but we are kind of the land of the free. I mean, we really didn't see those restrictions that everywhere else had. I mean, I had a lot of clients come from out of state that were on super lockdown and come up here and they're like, those were those were their words. We want to be free, so yeah. so help us find a place to live here. <laughs> and you'd walk through town here, and you never thought anything ever happened. It was it was beautiful. You go to not to dog on Jamin and Anchorage, but you we, <laughs> <laughs> Anchorage Anchorage in that area. I mean, they were coming down here. We had a lot of clients just moving out to come down here. We really saw probably the least impact of anybody else as far as that went. So. A lot of remote workers from out of state. Now that COVID has kind of gone to the wayside, we really haven't seen it that much right now. But um, for but the for, remote workers are staying there; they're not going away. They haven't like left. Um, the yeah. remote work is still a thing, as far as that goes. I yep. guess I've seen, like, there's been a big change, in, you know, even in the along the lower 48, where people are shopping um more lifestyle for their family opposed to location because so many people can work from the internet and you know continue to provide a living for their family and so the the real draw is what's what's the area provide for us so what would you say outside of recreation like what are the other big draws to the area mm -hmm. i mean it kind of touched on those recreation working income small town feel i mean food Food, yeah. <laughs> we do here. have a lot of good food. Yeah. Oh, good. Lots of options. Actually, funny for enough, a small town. Yeah, I mean, least. we have a lot of good Mexican food here. Out of like, oddly enough, like actually, one of our uh, one of our fellow agents in the office here is channeling with a Mexican restaurant. Man, it is so good. <laughs> it's that it's like, uh, quesadilla I get there is just bomb. Yeah, I've uh, I've noticed for whatever reason, like there are just so many Mexican restaurants up here in Alaska. I mean, especially Eagle River, like every other restaurant is like Mexican. I think it's just the margin for like profit is just better with tortilla chips versus, you know, burgers and steak. But that that's just my theory. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably true. You're um, probably spot on. That yeah. makes sense. But it's funny is like you're they're all so good. <laughs> I I'm sitting low in my chair so you can't see me, but I do like food. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So got a question here from um, from the Hotshot and the Kenai Peninsula uh, College local to Soldatna near Kenai has a dual degree program for dual degree industrial process instrumentation and process technology. I myself am studying instrumentation. So if you're looking at... Uh, Looking at uh, leveling up, and uh, that is definitely an option. <laughs> yeah, that's a wonderful program here. I mean, you can do so much with that degree um, in Alaska. My, I, my dad, growing up, my dad was oil-filled my whole life. My husband is now. Um, my brother, my uncles. I mean, 
that's a great degree to have and and be able to live here yeah yeah and my, my neighbor he did the same thing i remember he wanted to get in the refinery so he took a process tech degree and granted you don't need that degree to get into the oil field here i mean you can become a processor uh, uh production um you need for a production job without that degree but it really does help and the college here um is is a good place for it yeah absolutely all right so got a question real quick here then um what on what are some things about kenai you just really can't um really can't find anywhere else in alaska like you know anywhere in alaska is really unique but what about kenai makes kenai unique within alaska itself yeah, that's true. Like Kendra said, we're surrounded by the ocean. You can, ocean and river. We're surrounded by water. Yep. And uh, it's, we, I mean, growing up, we we grew up like well within our means. Like we didn't have a lot growing up. So we went to the beach a lot. And that was uh, quite the pastime. I mean, we'd have like beach fires and hot dogs. Like that's super common. I mean, a lot of people grew up that way here. And, Looking for agates. Yep. Agates are kind of, well, you have a, we have a tray behind us. Yeah, I got my plate. <laughs> She's got a tray here of agates that uh, people love. They're clear rocks. Um, we, yeah. I've got them right here. <laughs> so how important they are for me. Yeah, so much. I personally can't. You can put an agate in front of me, and I can't find it. My wife, she's amazing. She can see those things a mile away. I, I, I don't know. I just don't have the attention span for it, but. <laughs> We have a lot of fishing here. I mean, I guess there's salmon elsewhere in Alaska, but we really have like the Kenai River Kings, the Reds. I mean, we have we have a one of our agents leaving out of here right up for the night. Um, we have a lot of good fishing here. Um, so I've lost track of mine here with that. Yeah. Anyways, a lot of fishing, um, salmon. So. Um, yeah, and. Hiking trails, there's a lot of hiking trails. There's a lot of hiking um, and just being surrounded by water. I mean, that is, that's what I, I love the most. Like Jonathan said, it's not just fishing, it's the beach access. Um, You know, you can, in my opinion, we're not centralized in Alaska, but as far as being surrounded by ocean, we can go to Homer. Seward, and then we can go to Seward, and then when we need to go to Costco, we come up to see Jamin and go to Costco in Anchorage. (laughs) Um, I I just love our location. You you know, it's just the small town vibes, and then if you want to go bigger, it's two and a half, two hour, forty five minute drive. I think what I I mean, knowing a lot of um, fishermen in the area, um, they come and hang out in your location. It's the only place that you can really get to on this road system and get that type of lifestyle. It seemed like, like you said, it's surrounded by the water and all the other features without getting on a boat and going to one of the other islands or going to some of the other remote locations in Alaska, which, I mean, for those that don't live here, it can cost you um, just as much to stay in the state of Alaska as it can to fly to Hawaii. So being able to be on the road system is huge up here. So that's a very good point, Nani. Yeah, it's... I mean, Hawaii, another place in Alaska, often we choose the Hawaii alternative to fly to another town, unless you're getting some uh, nice Kodiak bear or, you know, go on a special fishing or hunting trip, but um, you're on the road system, which is, I think, really kind of cool. 
Yeah, and it's, I mean, it just, there's really a lot to do here. I guess that's, I mean, I, I don't know everywhere else in Alaska. I mean, I kind of know Anchorage a little bit. I've been, I've been all over Alaska, but I really saw it through a windshield. I mean, we, we were doing a lot of drive around and a lot of snow machining. So, I mean, we really don't get to experience all of the cultural stuff in all of the other towns, but in cities. But I mean, we really, as far as like Kenai, where we don't find anywhere else, I mean, we're, really have that small town vibe like Henry said I mean that's kind of the biggest thing here that you just don't see and we get a lot of clients that come up here from out of state and they're just like why is everybody so nice here yeah that is <laughs> like, very true it's just kind of how it is I mean you you go in the ditch and somebody's behind you pulling you out I mean you need help in the grocery store someone's there I mean it's just kind of you, you heck I go to the gym uh well, I was going a lot more, but I, not as much lately. But anyway, like you go there and you, you just kind of go there for like a week or two at the same time. You run to the same people there and you kind of just get to know them. Like I've met friends that way. I mean, just everyone's so friendly. It's not like people put their head down and just do what they do. It's everybody's willing to help each other. Yeah. Yep. I've been in the mountains riding and just ran into a couple guys up there and we ended up kind of connecting, changing numbers. And now they're part of a riding group. Like you just, Everyone's here kind of open to just get to know people. Easy to meet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just seems like it's such a unique lifestyle to be living there that, you know, if you see other people living there, you already share a lot in common with them, I feel. Correct. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. So, um, everyone, we are going to be kind of winding down here pretty quickly. So, I'm going to say, this is kind of your, your 10 minute call. So if you got questions, concerns, objections, this is your time. Go ahead and get those into the comment section. We'll get those answered as we're wrapping up here. Um, but Jonathan and Kendra, um, I actually did have one question real quick here. Um, uh -oh. As locals, uh, what are your thoughts on like the dip netting season time for <laughs> Kenai? And that might be a hot button topic for people on the Kenai. So what are your... I guess first explain for people what dip netting is. I was going to say, there's a caveat to dip netting here. It is a local Alaskan resident only thing. It's a subsistence uh, program. So basically you get a, a 15 foot pole with a big old round ring on the end of the, with a gill net. You just stick it on the river and you pull fish in. And, and I don't, I haven't done it since a kid. I think it's 25 fish a person. It, it depends. Depends, yeah. yeah. On the year and the running stuff. Um, but you can do it out of a boat or you, or you can do it right from shore. We um, did it from shore when I was a kid and we were piling them things in. I try and stay home. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, of household ten for each additional person. I know this because we sounds, get every uh, year. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. We, uh, you know, we, we. I will say, I we love out of state people coming to visit. It is it is awesome. Um, but as far as dip netters go, and it's not everyone, but they're typically from Alaska. <laughs> they, hey, now they, they, they're all from Alaska, but they're, they're not typically from the peninsula. I should say. They, I don't know, I'm probably not going to be making any friends here, but they don't bring a lot of <laughs> Just speaking truth here. Okay, well, here's the truth. They don't bring a lot to the economy. They, 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 they're they smart. I mean, they, they load up on Costco groceries in Anchorage. They come down here. They cook their own foods. They don't bring a lot to the restaurant market. They don't bring a lot to our stores here because they are smart. They do load up on their groceries. They come down for the weekend. They take off. 
Um, the biggest part that I see, and I want this to go out to everyone watching, and, and last and all is pick up your trash. That's the biggest <laughs> problem we have. Is they leave, they'll, they'll bring their charcoal barbecue down that's been on their back porch for 10 years. They'll cook on it and they'll leave it there. They'll throw their beer cans, their pop cans, their bottles, their trash. They they just kind of come down, they abuse it, and they leave. And, and that's the really biggest issue. And when the dumpster's full, they just keep piling trash on. The birds scattered around. I mean, luckily we have some local government here really pushing to get some more dumpsters here. So people quit just piling trash around the dumpster for the wildlife to scatter. But, um, it, you know, I, I love it here. I really love our beaches. I mean, I grew up here. I don't want to see places get trashed out. And that's the big problem we have here is people just need to really come in and respect the land. And I'm not, I'm not like peace, love, hippie dude, but like <laughs> they really need to, they just need to respect our area. I don't want. It's yeah, it's a beautiful area. And it, it does when that happens, it makes us, makes us sad yeah we we'll wait for it again next year exactly um the traffic i can't talk oh on behalf God. of that. Forgot um, about that part I, yeah. I was about to say like it's not just the trash it's also like because no, i mean let's it proportionally like how much does y'all's population just balloon overnight like is it like double it's, triple <laughs> it's insane so it's so from my house to the office, and we're in Soldatna, um, it's about a seven-minute drive normally, even winter time. Dip netting season, it's a good 20 to 40 minutes, yeah. <laughs> depending on, you know, what weekend is it opening or is it the last weekend? And then um, I actually, during dip netting season, I go to Anchorage <laughs> and then I come <laughs> over and when I come home, the traffic was backed up oh, from man. the Seward Y to Sterling going back oh, up. Oh, geez. So, <laughs> traffic is yeah. it's a little slower going around here. It's yeah. bumper to bumper the whole way. And I like salmon, but I don't like it that much. <laughs> Well, it's it's like a party. I mean, it's like a party on the highway. It's like, like you said, bumper to bumper. I think last year it took us, I hit it at the wrong time. Normally I, I go midweek, but um, we ended up there on the weekend. And I think it took us like 45 minutes to get through town. So I totally empathize with um, how slammed you guys get with the population all over the state, like this ascending on your location, because it's, it is pretty intense, but I would... I would um, seeing your your saying stuff like take your trash, get get rid of it, be nice, and shop local. I mean that's honestly one of my favorite things to do when I go there is I, I like to shop local. Um, so go and spread spread some love to the businesses who are there all year round. They've got so many cute cute boutique places. I love the boutiques down there. They're just amazing. They have some really unique things that you can't find anywhere in Anchorage. So I, I love going down there for that. We love that opinion. Like your opinion, if, if everyone could have that opinion, it, it's just fantastic. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, and, and I want to rag on everyone. I mean, they, they really do. People here use that sort of subsistence to feed their families. I mean, they, that, you got a, a household and then husband, wife and, and kids, and, and they can really live off of that salmon for a good portion of the year. It is important for lower income people and stuff to enjoy that fish. And I mean, it's almost silly to say, like when I travel out of state, like salmon is like, it's like gold and like, 
we, mm -hmm. we use it for like subsistence and it, we get it like fresh and it i will say something about fresh never frozen salmon is just it's something else but yeah um but it's just i mean people do really do live off of that it's it's an important staple for for households here but just treat the land good yeah and um yeah I mean, I guess one thing to also keep in mind just with the, the dip netting too, for people who are still trying to kind of conceptualize it. Um, yeah, it is absolutely not sports fishing at all. This is just harvesting fish. Absolutely no sportsmanship into this. You're <laughs> not at all. That's why I do it. I mean, I'll be completely honest. I mean, yeah, it's like I, I can get 20 like fish in a couple hours. They're like, yeah, I'm doing this. I go fishing. I go fishing once a year. I go harvest, then I come back. I freeze it. I vacuum seal it. I can it. I smoke yeah. it. I mean, we do. It's like a three-week process of dealing with all of it. But I love it because I do eat it all year long, and it's amazing. And, yeah, it's just it is an amazing opportunity for yeah. us. It really is. Yeah. You nailed it there with the canning. That's the ticket. I just started canning a couple years ago with my mother-in-law. Oh, I can yeah. eat. And I, like I said earlier, I'm not a big salmon eater. Like fresh salmon, super good. I'll do salmon tacos. Like I'll do like certain salmon dishes, but like I, I, I kind of do all the cooking for the most part with me and the wife. Like I really enjoy cooking, but you do salmon dip with like canned salmon. It is yeah. so good. Like I can take out like more and eat it with a fork. It's so good. And like make like instead of like tuna fish sandwiches, you do like salmon. It's so much better. It, it's just the best. And you can put like jalapenos and flavor it differently. It's, man, the dinner time yet. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like making me hungry. Yeah. It's like, and you can tell like just how animated we're getting about this, that, uh, yeah, <laughs> salmon dip netting, it's a big deal in Alaska. So if you're going to do it, do it right and uh, treat the land right, treat the people right. <laughs> yes. Should run for office. That'll be my platform. There you go. Do it. <laughs> All right. So I've got one more question here. And uh, we've kind of been kind of been dancing around this one um, well, a little bit off and on, but this is just kind of talking about kind of the putting it all together, kind of your your pros and cons of living on uh, living on Kenai Soldatna area. So, you know, what are some of the, the biggest pros and cons you guys have? Because you know, obviously Kenai is awesome and, you know, no place is going to be perfect. So, you know, what are the, what are the kind of the ups and the downs? For me, I'll start with pros and that's just, um, you know, I was born and raised here and I don't want to live in the city. Um, so just less population down here is definitely, it's wonderful. Um, and then I know we've said it a million times, but the small town vibes, I mean, you can go anywhere and um, mostly you'll find kindness. I mean, you go through a hard time, everybody's pretty tight knit and um, there's a lot, a good support group here. Um, and then just the outdoors, that's, that's probably my biggest winter and summer, um, fishing, hunting, hiking, skiing snow machining um trapping mm -hmm. negative um <laughs> it gets cold and dark i know we've said that a million times <laughs> what i do is i like to go 
find some sunshine out of state, uh, you know, come February. I'll go for a couple days, get my fix and come back and be happy to sleep in my own bed again. Yeah, I mean, that's really, I guess, I mean, the pros, we've been talking about it all night. I mean, like Kendra just said, I mean, small town activities, it's all here. Um, like I said, cons too. I mean, really, my my personal biggest con is weather. It's I look forward to summer and having some sunshine. I, I the wife and I we camp. We have a little group of us that camp almost every weekend. We have a little our, our small bumper pole trailer we take out, and we have just a blast. And nothing sucks more than rain. And I like this summer we had so much rain, and like that's that's the biggest con for me here. And and that's really determines on what part of the i mean the peninsula being such as small as it is it really matters where that's you live. not our typical summer though <laughs> no it's not no. We, we really have good summers here but homer sewerage or coastal towns that are like right on the water um those tend to get a lot more rain than we do um we go towards like sterling cooper landing that's more inland a lot less rain um but that's kind of my biggest gripe is just weather here um weather or weather predictions weather predictions are big one too like you can work monday through friday to be sunny out and then come saturday it's raining it's raining all weekend and monday it's sunny again you just can't you just can't win sometimes but uh um and then like kendra said too like the snow in the dark i mean some of us have been here our whole lives it's just it's just life it's it's you got dark you've got snow it just is what it is but not every time and it's just well, you get used to it, but that tends to weigh on people, though, is the, is the weather with the, the snow in the dark. Is that why people leave, you think, when, when they say, hey, um, I need you guys to sell my house. I can't take another another winter in Alaska or in the area. Is that, does it tend to be the darkness and the, and the cold or the rain that push them out? It's a big reason. Yeah, you nailed that, Nani. I, <laughs> yeah. I hear that a lot. It's, I can't take another winter. Yeah, we had a client at his house, and he's like, I will not be here one more winter. And my parents, they left. Um, they're down in uh, Nevada. They were in they were in Laughlin and then Vegas area. My sister's in. I'm, I'm, I'm the last one in Alaska. My my family pretty much all left. My I have some aunts, uncles, grandma here, but um, my mom really just kind of couldn't do the darkness anymore. And now mm -hmm. she's the extreme heat, which I don't understand how people do that. Like I go down there, I went down there in July and I was like, okay, I will take January in Alaska every day <laughs> instead of 110 degrees. I think that's crazy, but that's because you're a true Alaskan yeah. born and raised. <laughs> well, yeah. now, how many of those people actually come back out of curiosity? Cause I, I see people leave and then they are gone for two or three years and then they come back. So do you guys find that that happens in your location as well? I I had a client that was my neighbor, actually. I sold her house. They went to Texas, and she texted me this summer. She probably, if she's listening, she knows who she is, but she texted me this <laughs> summer, and she was like, I'm coming back. It's too hot here. And now that I think it's cooled down, I haven't heard from her since, but Facebook, <laughs> we're good friends. But yeah, yeah. I, I would say most people come back for the summer. They don't come back all year. They just come back for the summer. Or they've remembered what the heat is like. And like you said, you would, you'd rather take the snow and the cold over the heat. The saying goes, you can bundle up for the cold, but you can't take enough clothes off for the heat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, the way it works in those hot locations, I just have to remind people, okay, remember 
unless you're in a very, very specific place, like you're always going to have a, a season that's not going to be your favorite. And uh, really for most of these places that people are moving to, they're going to the extremes. And so like the winter, what their season that used to be their least favorite is now summer. And like, however much they didn't like winter before, they just don't like summer that much now. <laughs> yeah. All right. So gang, we've got uh, one more question coming in here from uh, hot shot here. So what do you think are the best um, Kenai um, establishments? <laughs> yeah, hey, well, I don't know if I can tell you that because that's what keeps <laughs> <laughs> you didn't make somebody mad with that answer. No. <laughs> my, you know all of them. <laughs> no. Yeah, my go-to is Kenai River Brewing Company, Kenai River Brewery. Uh, they have an amazing burger um, and good beer and um, just just a, a good hangout. You know, another another place a lot of locals go and just hang out and see friends and and be able to talk to people i guess um, we forgot to touch on another pro for our area and i mean anchorage and wasilla that whole all of alaska really falls in this category we have a lot of breweries here if you're really big into like the ipas good micro breweries like we have a we have good lot ones. of them and they're i don't know i haven't found a bad one yet but uh saint elias is saint a elias is brewing, good there. brewing company and, and they're a restaurant so They've got um, pizzas. pizzas, and um, we actually went there for, yeah, for we lunch, lunch today. today. Oh. <laughs> um, and <laughs> I go to yeah places. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. I actually used to work there. That chicken pesto. That's good. Plan today. Um, but as far as like, I don't know. I I'm more of like that quiet vibe. I'm not big into like loud music and tons of people. So like. Not, the duck is the duck is popular. Um, the duck has they've got a restaurant and they've got a bar side. Good food there too. Um, they've got wonderful food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then um, I seen quite a few cars parked there last Saturday night when I was driving yeah. by. Yeah, um, that's probably when we were like popping places to go for like people. But like I like that <laughs> that that hole in the wall vibe like there's the bridge lounge which is just down the road from us there and it's right on the river it's right on the river you can literally sit on the balcony it's like actually one of the best places to go in the summertime if i leave work early and i just want to go hang out in the sun and grab a beer like you gotta there's a there's a deck over the river sun coming across like you can sit out there and get a suntan and drink a beer and look at the river it's just amazing and, and see people fishing down there yeah too. that's it's right pretty there. cool and then, uh, actually, funny enough, the bar at the airport called the Upper Deck. That's uh, mm. that's hey, my secret place. To tell about that. <laughs> <laughs> this is inside trader info. <laughs> that's inside, man. That is like top secret. Don't tell nobody. But um, it's the it's actually the saying goes, it's the Kenai's best kept secret or something like that. I think yeah. it's their website. It's Kenai's best kept secret, but. Um, and then you can go down below to Brothers Cafe, and they've got good. phenomenal donuts. And oh man, maple bacon donut is the bomb! I guess it's the most Canadian thing ever, but it's so good. And uh, they'll actually bring your food up to you. So if you go down and order some food, go upstairs get a beer. Like they'll actually bring your food up to you to the bar up there. And uh, you can—I love airplanes and aviation. So you sit there, watch airplanes, 
drink a beer and it's usually very quiet. Like if I need a quiet space, like work on my computer, do a couple things, like I'll just go up there. Like before I had a hotspot on my phone, I was out running around. I just go up there and like bum their Wi-Fi and uh, eat some food and watch some airplanes and get some work done. Like it, it's just a cool place, but don't tell nobody. <laughs> yeah. This is the demographics, I mean, in the area, would you say um, like 50 plus 20s to 30s, 30s to 40s, like kids, what is your main demographic? 20s to 40s, probably at your most of your bars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, not just bars, but like in the area, you guys have a lot of 20 to 40 year olds. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And it's lots of families and we've got, we've got lots of kids. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and winter time, I would say definitely twenties to forties. Um, summertime, that's when we get all of our, our snowbirds back. And then I would say, you know, there's actually a lot of well, the last question was the bar question. That's why I say 20 to forties. And then I'm not a big bar goer, so I don't really know all the, yeah. But as far as like actually our population goes, um, man, we have a lot of retirement community here too. Like a lot of people retire to Alaska and mm -hmm. they kind of get the gist of like, don't go out in the super deep snow, the winds, they stock up, they have big pantries. Um, they plan their trip to town once a week. Like a lot of retirement folks out here actually here, they, they find a nice view property on a lake, on a river. And, and it's actually quite a bit of those. Yeah. We get quite a few clients who Alaska has been their dream. They finally retired and can make it happen. And that's awesome. Yeah. So we have all kinds of flavors of ages of people. I mean, Kendra knows more with the whole, she's got the youngins in the school. So she sees all of the, the young families there. Outstanding. All right. Well, guys, thank you very much for, for taking the time to kind of sit down with us and kind of share your, your insights and expertise in the, the Kenai area. It's um, It's been very informative. I feel like uh, I learned some stuff from tonight. So, you know, thanks for kind of taking the time to, um, to kind of explain all that to us. And um, everyone else, thank you very much for hopping on to the, the live stream. Um, if you'd like to uh, get in contact with uh, with Jonathan, uh, Jonathan and Kendra, the um, link for that is going to be in the description section. Just go ahead and go register to the website. Just make sure you put Kenai um, in the little comment section so I know like who I need to be directing you towards. But um, yeah, other than that, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks, thank you. Nice to see you guys.